This is the Collaboration Dynamics Podcast, helping you work together better with Judy Reese, X-ray listener, best-selling author, international virtual collaboration trainer, and master of metaphor. Hear more at xraylistening.com. Welcome to the Collaboration Dynamics Podcast. With me today is Alison Coward. Hello, Alison. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Judy. Um, my name's Alison Coward. I'm the founder of Bracket. Um, what I do at Bracket is I specialise in collaboration. So I help teams, um, particularly people that are working in creative teams, um, to figure out how they can work better together so they can be more um, creative, productive, get the best out of everybody in the team. And also help them by doing things like workshop facilitation, training them in facilitation skills as well, and just generally giving them tips for how they can be more productive together. Mm-hmm. So an ideal person to be on the Collaboration Dynamics podcast. So for you, Alison, when you are collaborating at your best, that's like what? Um, well, I often, when I'm collaborating, because I do often work in project teams where I bring teams together, I'm often playing the role of the facilitator. Um, so I really like to um, take the position where I kind of bring the talents together um, and I kind of set the environment for them to be their most creative and to bounce off of each other. So it's almost like I kind of go in, um, set things up and then take a step back and get out the way so that they can do their thing. Um, I guess sort of the role that I take as a facilitator is a bit like a, an all. Um, a conductor in an orchestra you know mm. you've got all these kind of talented people um that are individually great but they need to come together to do something so the conductor is kind of there um not playing an instrument themselves but kind of setting the tone setting the tempo um setting the energy um and kind of the person that people might look to for the next thing to do um, where should they go next? We're stuck. What should we do? Um, so that, that's the kind of role that I play. Mm-hmm. So when you're like a conductor like that, setting the tone, setting the tempo, setting the energy like that, or what, what kind of conductor is that conductor? And well, I mean, when I kind of think about a conductor in my mind, what I'm seeing is, you know, the, the classic the classic orchestra but it's obviously very different in a in a creative team environment um i think you know a conductor you would imagine them to be standing at the the front of the room and they do get quite a bit of attention but i think when you're in a collaborative environment actually my the way that i see myself is that i'm almost invisible um Mm. so it's almost like a kind of silent um yeah um very subtle subtle role but it's really important um, mm. it's, a, it's the role that brings everyone together. Mm. So sort of an Im- invisible conductor. Yeah, yeah. And when you're like an invisible conductor like that and you're setting the tone and setting the tempo like that, how do you go about, how, how does an invisible conductor go about setting the tone? Probably through words, mm-hmm. through choice of words, through um, questions, through a lot of questioning. Um, I think, you know, an invisible conductor needs to be quite insensitive to the environment as well. They need to kind of be alert, um, eyes everywhere, knowing what's going on um, individually, 
with people, so knowing sort of the mood of individuals, how they're getting on, whether they're stuck, um, but also looking at the, the room as a whole and kind of get a sense of, of what's happening and whether any interventions need to be made. So whether, you know, the conductor is able to take a step back and um, sort of keep the, let the discussion continue in the way that it is or whether um, the conductor needs to get more involved to help that discussion flow, whether there's individuals that need to be um, helped to, to, to get more involved in the discussion or the brainstorming or the ideas generation, um, whether there's individuals that are perhaps playing from using the, the orchestra metaphor, playing too loud and drowning out some other members of the team. Um, so it's kind of, you know, this this idea of um, being there when you're needed, but knowing when to get out of the way as well mm-hmm. and knowing when everything's kind of going smoothly enough for you to kind of just just kind of keep a keep a, a light eye on everything. Mm-hmm. So the invisible conductor's got eyes everywhere and is sensitive like that. And then they notice when an individual's playing too loud and they mm. know when to take a step back. Mm-hmm. and when to get involved. Hmm. When they're, when they're... When it's time to take a step back, how does the invisible conductor know it's time to take a step back? From the feel of the energy in the room, I mean, um, again, using this, this metaphor of the orchestra, there's a, you know, as a facilitator... Um, you would have planned out your session, you would have designed a session, you would have your sheet music if you want, if you mm-hmm. want to kind of put it that way. Um, and there is, you know, almost a, your, your score that you're keeping to. There's a general direction that the music needs to go in mm-hmm. or the, the discussion needs to go in. Um, and you're keeping an eye on that to make sure that that's happening and um, but also you've got to be aware you know maybe the team is actually coming up with something better than you envisaged mm-hmm. and the discussion is is um, going off in a slightly different direction and um, that doesn't mean to say that it's going off in the wrong direction but you need to be able to tell whether that's useful um, for for what you need um, to happen by the end of the session mm-hmm. as well. And so, yeah, it's kind of, um, there's, you know, you, you'll, you'll know um, based on what you want, what needs to happen, what the outcomes, the ideal outcomes of the session are, and whether the discussion is going off track or not. Um, so, you know, you need to get involved when um, people are perhaps going, you know, um, or bouncing off in, in directions that might be interesting but not useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you might find that something is happening and there's an energy, there's a discussion, there's um, some excitement that you couldn't have foreseen. So you need to kind of go with that flow as well. Mm-hmm. When you go with that flow, when there's an excitement and energy like that, what happens to the music? Um well, I think if we're using the, if we're using the metaphor music, I think sort of if we go back to the 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 um the sense of the sort of the the reality and the ideas, and um, then you'll you'll feel good ideas coming out. People will feel good in the room. People there'll be a productive atmosphere. People will feel like they're making progress and they're getting somewhere. Um, there might be that kind of productive conflict where sort of people are kind of 
bashing ideas up against each other, but you can feel that they're getting really animated, um, and they're getting, they're, you know, they're they're engaging in the discussion. Um, so you know, you know, you know when it when it feels good or when it sounds good or when it looks good, um, mm. and you know when you need to intervene as well. Perhaps the discussion is drying up. Perhaps the energy is um, is dipping, um, and you'll need to make interventions. Maybe ask more questions. Um, maybe sort of help the discussion along, maybe probe a little bit more um, so that that discussion keeps going. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about something you mentioned there, productive conflicts, bashing mm-hmm. ideas together. Say a mm-hmm. bit more about that. Um, well, I think um, I think it's becoming a little bit more accepted now, but I think, you know, people would see collaboration as something where everybody's kind of happy, getting along, there's no arguments, um, there's no disagreements. Um, but I work particularly in the area of creative collaboration and, you know, the idea is that when people are working together and they'll they'll combine their ideas in a way that hasn't been before, so the, the, the outcome will be um, some sort of innovation. Mm-hmm. And for innovation to happen, um, there needs to be some kind of diversity in the team and when there's diversity then there's going to be differences of opinion mm-hmm. um, and that's not a bad thing um, you know com- conflict has to happen in order for something new to come out um, of a discussion or a brainstorm or an ideas generation session um, and I think some people mistake mistake that conflict for bad conflict now there, there is you know a, a non-productive form of conflict which is and where people are attacking each other individually, you know, it gets personal. Um, mm-hmm. But when there's conflict around ideas, around what needs to be done, um, then that discussion should be channeled in a way that um, doesn't get personal um, and uh, allows people to almost fight it out. And they have to, in some way, not compromise, um, but combine those ideas Mm-hmm. Um, so that the best bits float to the top in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I sort of discovered this about myself um, not so long, probably about a year ago, actually. I was out with some friends um, and I was. we decided to have a bit of a b- debate, mm-hmm. a really kind of, um, sort of, sort of high-level debate. Um, well, not high-level, it was just... And a random debate about the theory of life, you know, mm. what is it all about? And there were some people around the table that had some really strong differences of opinion. Um, and I came away from that discussion feeling um, really, really energised, actually, because I'd had the opportunity to really fight for my idea. And it didn't get personal. Like, no one said, you're really stupid, you're being stupid, how could you think that? It was all around, um, the, you know, our our opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there were some people around the table that I could see were feeling really uncomfortable about it. Um, they thought we were arguing, but the people that were engaged in the discussion were really enjoying that debate. Um, and I came away feeling like I'd done a, done a gym workout. I felt so <laughs> sort of energised by it. And I think that, you know, um, we we tend to kind of shy away from... Um, conflict sometimes because we it, it can make us feel uncomfortable, but there is a, a type of conflict that can can um, do the opposite. In fact, um, you know, make us feel that we've engaged in something that um, has kind of got our our blood racing in a sense. Mm-hmm. And how do you tell the difference? Um, it's really challenging. It's really challenging to tell the difference, and that's I think the 
the, the role of um, leaders, facilitators, and even people in the team, and um, to make sure that it doesn't get personal. Um, you know, there's kind of techniques and things that you can use when you're in a brainstorming session to try and stop it from, from or try and prevent it from getting personal. But I think there's a preparation there. You know, you have to kind of say, you know, the purpose of this discussion is to um, really, you know, pull apart each other's ideas and question mm-hmm. them. Um, so you set that tone for the idea that there's going to be, you know, this, the point of this session is about creating some really good conflict. Um, and really kind of putting things apart so that we can we can create something new together. Mm-hmm. And when there's productive conflict like that, then what happens to the invisible conductor? And um, well, again, yeah, again, again, I guess it depends. Um, the, the 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 facilitator is there keeping an eye on the mood, so the facilitator will perhaps set the tone. Mm-hmm. And say you know this is the point where you know this this conflict is good, or kind of reassure the team that the conflict is going in the right direction. If they see that there is kind of you know conflict that gets too personal, then they'll intervene um, to to kind of steer it away from that. And maybe they can again just get out of the way. Maybe mm-hmm. they just let that discussion happen um, because it is going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So. When you're like that and you're collaborating like that invisible conductor and you've got that productive conflict um, and you've got the energy and um, you've set the tone and the tempo and the invisible conductor's got eyes everywhere and is sensitive and uh, knowing what's going on and then you know if an individual's playing too loud or anything like that. Is there anything else that needs to be noticed about the invisible conductor? Hmm, good question. Um, I think the um, you know the the this this facilitator, what you're calling the invisible conductor, is. Um, it's almost like the um say it's almost like the homing point mm-hmm. um, you know there's kind of you know you'll find these cycles within i mean I'm talking about workshops particularly not necessarily teamwork, but I think mm-hmm. it can play out in teamwork as well, but in workshops, for example, you know there will be points where the, the the facilitator comes to the fore and then kind of retreats again um and the facilitator is a person that's kind of, it's like the thread throughout that's holding it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I'm, when I'm facilitating, I'll set an exercise and then the, the, the people in the room will get on with that exercise. They'll have the discussion and then we'll come back and we'll report the, the, the findings of what they discussed or the ideas they generated or the questions they, they came up with or the challenges that they identified. Um, and then the facilitator is the person that's, Kind of, you know, asking those questions, writing up the notes, um, paraphrasing that content back to them, also synthesizing the information. So it's almost like that kind of point that people come back to as their, almost like a compass, I guess. It's their kind of, their wayfinder. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, you kind of send people off in a direction to explore and develop ideas, discover. Um, and then they'll come back to this kind of this point again. 
um, which brings everything together. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go off again um, and they'll explore and discuss and generate ideas and then they'll come back to this point again. And it's the role of the facilitator to bring everything back um, and then they'll sort of, you know, send, every, send everybody off. So they're almost like that, say, that thread that connects everything throughout the workshops. They're the people that are kind of connecting the ideas and that come up, connecting the dots, um, kind of observing and seeing the connections between what people say um, and pointing out to them if they perhaps haven't noticed it. So when that's how you do your collaboration when you're at your best, um, and that's, that's really interesting. So we've got several metaphors there. There was not only the invisible conductor, but also the idea of the homing point and a compass and a thread running through the whole thing. That's probably me. I talk in metaphors, I guess. Every, every, everybody does. That's uh, one of the things that one of the reasons for for exploring metaphors in the in these uh, podcasts. Um, I'm just curious: is there a relationship between the thread and the conductor? Long silence, because I'm, um, mm. yeah. I'm not quite sure what you mean. Could you say that again? I'm just wondering, in, in your mind, is there a relationship between the thread that you described and the invisible conductor? I mean, I hadn't seen it before because a lot of the stuff that I'm saying to you today, I haven't really articulated mm-hmm. it um, in this way before. Um, but, you know, I would say the the thread is another way of describing the conductor almost. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's great stuff. Thank you very much indeed for all of that. If people want to contact you to find out more about what you, how you do what you do and indeed uh, mm-hmm. perhaps want to book you, how do, how do they contact you? Um, go to my website. So my website is bracketcreative.co.uk and also, you know, please email me, Alison with one L, A-L-I-S-O-N at bracketcreative.co.uk. Um, I write a blog as well where I share some of my tips um, and ideas and thoughts around um, collaboration and how people can work with their teams um, and kind of introduce things to to increase the effectiveness and kind of consider the how as as, as well as the, the what you're going to do. So, yeah, do check that out. And really happy to hear from anybody that wants to, to find out more or get some tips for their next workshop that they're facilitating. Um, happy to hear from anybody. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. Wasn't that interesting? A couple of the big ideas that really struck me from that interview. Um, the Probably the biggest was the importance that Alison placed on productive conflict, on the fact that a, a wide diversity of opinions could contribute to a really lively, interesting discussion where there could be strong differences of opinion um, and that could be really energising. And that's surprising for me because in my history, I've tended to avoid conflict. And at the first hint of conflict, I've tended to sort of shy away and try and try and find pour oil on the waters and that kind of thing. But really, the more I work in collaboration, the more I discover that that diversity and that productive conflict is an essential part of the process. There has to be divergence before there can be convergence. 
And that's a theme that's come up in several of the interviews, but I think this was the one where it became most sharply obvious. Another thing I enjoyed about interviewing Alison was a pattern that I noticed, I think she has, I heard what I think are instances of the pattern in the way she uses metaphors. And this, this bit is probably most interesting to people who are really working directly with metaphors and perhaps people who've studied clean language. Um, oh, if you don't know what clean language is, do go to xraylistening.com and do a quick search for clean language. Clean language is a precision toolkit for working with the metaphors that underpin people's thinking and that drive their behaviour. Clean language is the thing I'm famous for. I co-authored a book called Clean Language. Clean language was created by a guy called David Grove. It's not my thing. It's not my own thing, but it's something I work with very much. And it's something I use a lot in these interviews. As I've been working with people, particularly creative, intelligent people, I notice that a lot of them have a pattern of coming up with several metaphors, which are metaphors for the same thing. Other people will grab one metaphor and stick with it. Whereas this particular subset of creative, intelligent people are constantly coming up with a new way of expressing what they've just told you. So Alison started off talking about the conductor and the orchestra and then later the facilitator was the, the homing point, the compass, the wayfinder. And then later, another metaphor for the same thing, the thread. So she was uh, coming up with new ways of expressing the same point. And you can see how that would be really useful in the divergent phase of any creative project where you're looking for as many different ideas as you possibly can to put into the pot and stir it because any one of those metaphors that Alison comes up with might be exactly the one that would inspire another person to come up with an even better idea. So I thought it was very interesting to see that idea, that, that pattern playing out in one of these collaboration dynamics interviews. Thank you.